0: A-B-L-E-S. Ebels. Remember that name, because if you suffer from chronic joint and muscle pain like me, then EBLS Broad Spectrum CBD Oil is your answer to your prayers. The Ebels story began with the search for something natural to help manage chronic migraines, but Ebels helps more than just migraines. From managing chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more, EBLS is truly a game changer in the natural alternatives to big pharma drugs. And yours truly, Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, can indeed vouch for the quality of Ebels Having a herniated disc in my back. Whew. Coupled with years of sports injuries, I was struggling to find something, anything to help manage my pain. That is, until Ebles. With the best quality product and customer service in the industry, ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil and Ebles Freeze Gel easily stand above all the competition. And right now, Ebles is offering a special discount to all members of the Brian Nickel Show audience on all orders. All you have to do is head to ebels.com and use promo code TB. NS, the Brian Nichols Show, right? TBNS at checkout. That's it. Disc on applied. Again, the code is TBNS at checkout to start managing your pain today with the highest quality CBD on the market. One more time, that is code TBNS at checkout. And now, on to the show. Can I pause for a second and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who is getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and oh, our cool. typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Happy Monday, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Welcome. It's the last week. It's time. Your decision, it needs to be made. Who are you voting for as we head towards this 2020 presidential election? You have less than, what, nine days? Eight days? It's something like that, because the election's next Tuesday. So, time to pick your, your, your poison. Are you picking Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Joe Jorgensen, or maybe... Are you still sitting on the fence? Well, I have a uh, a candidate joining the show today, returning to the show, shall I say, independent presidential candidate, Serene Artiglianu. Now, Serene, obviously, she ran as a libertarian uh, during the nomination process here back in the, uh, the springtime, and uh, despite Joe Jorgensen securing the nomination, Serene decided to continue her candidacy in that of, one, focusing on love, empathy, and uh, being the healer-in-chief. So today... Serene joins the show to make her plug why she should be not just the president in chief, but yes, the healer in chief, bringing her message of empathy and love to the masses. So that being said, on to the show, Serene Ardelliano, returning to The Brian Nichols Show.
1: Hi, thank you for having me back, Brian. I am excited to reconnect with you and um, just kind of... I don't know, share my insights and, and learn about yours as well because it's been a while and I think we both have grown and learned a lot in this time.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, let's elephant in the room that was between the last time we spoke, this big bad COVID, right? So COVID, I think, has really changed the dynamic in America. I mean, we when we discussed, you were on the show last time discussing your candidacy as a libertarian for the uh, nomination there um, prior to the, the convention and- you're, we we discussed was the ideas of and and really the sense that we need to have some empathy for our fellow human being because at the end of the day we have to live on this this planet together and really we've seen the the it's this polarization that seems to have really been cranked up to eleven and I I get disheartened Serene because I look around the world and I see so many people out there who are approaching politics not in good faith, um, looking to harm those that they disagree with versus trying to help those that they uh, disagree with, find common ground versus going after the disagreements. So you've approached politics in a very different Perspective, and I think it's one that's absolutely needed, and that's one of love and, and empathy and understanding and compassion. So I think right now your message that you're conveying is so desperately needed. So welcome back, number one, to the show, and number two, let's kind of set the stage. You're you're running a still as a, as a uh, nominee for um the, the presidential uh, nom- uh race here in in 2020. Uh, you've decided to go independent, and then you're running again on this this mentality of love. So talk about what's keeping you in this race. You know, obviously it's going to be tough to try to get any notoriety out there when you have just people who are so focused on the the partisan nonsense. How do you get some people actually interested in and in talking about love?
1: Sure. Well, there still is not another candidate running in this election that is coming from a similar place as me. You know, nobody seems to be emphasizing the value of love and logic and liberty together and how those all go hand in hand. And so I realized I had to remember why I started, which was, you know, essentially it started with love. And then I realized, well, logic is a part of being loving because what we're seeing right now with COVID is many people are being emotional. They're coming from a place of fear. And so it's not possible for them to be logical yeah. no matter how much they want to be. And a lot of times they're treating other people from this place of fear. And this is also a way for the government to control people. Because if you don't really understand what's going on, if you don't understand how health works, how to create and maintain health, you're going to trust them, even if in the past they've lied to you. Because it it's not reasonable. It's like you look at the facts. Well, we've been lied to by our health experts in the past. We've been lied to by our government in the past. Yet right now, so many people don't understand life, don't understand health, that they are just trusting these same entities that have betrayed them countless times before. And so it's really important to stand my ground And to remain here, to be this voice, because I am having many conversations with people in different communities. And I know that, you know, regardless of who wins the election, I am making a very positive and much needed impact. I am planting seeds everywhere I go. And for me, this was always about surrendering to a calling. I didn't know what this year was going to bring when I surrendered and registered as a presidential candidate. And it wasn't easy for me initially to make the shift from running as libertarian to independent because integrity really matters to me. And I wanted to make sure that I did everything with integrity, but I realized there were things that I experienced within the party that were out of integrity. And my integrity and my loyalty have to be to my country and to my human species, you know, family. To everyone before it is to a party. You know, I'm not about tribalism. And so um I made that decision and I'm so glad that I have because the conversations I've been having have been evolving and and there is a lot of you know positive shifts happening in the world. And you know, I mentioned staying grounded because as this year has evolved. It takes a lot of discipline to stay grounded, to come from a place of love, and to not let the emotions of other people influence me to recognize like, hey, they're in fear, they're in pain. Don't let that influence how you behave. Remember who you are and what you're capable of and why you're doing this in the first place.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. No, uh, it's it's actually, I love that you brought that up because you said- when you're having conversations with people and and that speaks to the fact that you're actually talking to people where they're at and that's something that I've been talking about here in the show, that's how you sell. You have to, you have to address the, the problems that that individual is experiencing. I had Nick Reed in my show, Nick Reed um, from Americas for Prosperity and uh, Nick was on the show and he was talking about what he called Operation Humanize and he he basically labeled it in this way, saying take the, the personification, the characterization of the worst aspect of the worst person against you in your mind and make yourself find that person and confront them and address them on a human level. And I think, to his point, what he found is that you find that the person that you thought was going to be this big boogeyman ends up actually being quite similar to you. And part of the problem is that if we're not going into the conversation to first say, hey, this is going to be uncomfortable, but I think it's going to be productive, then we're missing out on so much opportunity. And to your point, when you're having these conversations, you can start to see the dial change a little bit. You're in, you actually touched on something, Serene, and I would love for you to, um, we'll kind of dig into this a little bit more. You talked about um, planting the seed. Right, and this is a, a, an analogy I've used here in the Brian Nichols show quite frequently to discuss how we we need to play the long game in in converting folks over to the Liberty movement because I think we're going to be very disappointed if we approach these uh, discussions with the expectation that as soon as we wrap up the conversation that we now can bring this person over to the Libertarian Party as a card carrying member um, or just to the movement, you know, and what have you. Because the reality is they. Probably need to digest what it is that we have given them in terms of the information, or just really the slap in the face to their perceived worldview. Um, you know, I have some very good friends who they are, you know, in a completely opposite worldview than I am, and to have conversations with them, I cannot go in guns a blazing with libertarian talking points because it's going to fall on deaf ears, and it's going to really, it's going to be more confusing than it is helpful. So when you're talking to people right in your day-to-day experiences and you're planting the seed what are you finding right now to be the thing that people are most curious about that you've had success in being able to enter into a conversation build that trust build that empath- uh, like that empathy connection and then to give you the chance to you know help plant that seed of liberty
1: Well, I'm going to touch on a few things that you mentioned there. And the first thing that came to my mind is you know, how we communicate and establish rapport with people. And I I think it's kind of similar to what you shared with the other gentleman, but coming from a place of love, if you truly find something that you can love in the other person, for me, it's recognizing that there's just one life in all forms you know science calls it energy theology calls it god some people call it nature consciousness it doesn't matter what you call it but we've learned that it can't be created it can't be destroyed it's just this one life in all forms and so if you can at least love that life in the form and genuinely exude love for another being regardless of what they've done or how much they might try to oppose you or hurt you or anything you're going to be able to establish rapport with them and they're going to feel it because we communicate more subconscious to subconscious than conscious to conscious that's why you know if i'm trying to sell you something even if i have the perfect script if i'm not authentic there's something within you that's going to be able to tell. Like I mm-hmm. just don't feel right. You know, she's saying all the right things,
0: and really quick, something Serene, doesn't your, feel your right. Background was in sales, correct? Before you kind of went into this. This journey that you found yourself in. I mean, you were selling luxury cars. You 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 were living yes. this lifestyle where you're you're quite literally doing what we're talking about here mm. and in the, the daily or the Daily Show, cheese, the Brian Nichols Show <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> there we go. Um, but yes. talking about building value, selling not just you know the the product, but selling what's associated with it. And and to your point, when you're selling such a big thing, you have to have that person to person relationship. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to really close the sale.
1: Yeah. And that's part of the challenge I feel um, running for office because I'm not able to connect with everybody one-on-one. I do my best, especially when I'm being interviewed to connect with whoever's interviewing me. Right. But I notice that some people until they start to engage with me one-on-one, they're not necessarily on board. And, you know, and I think that, that you know, that, I am sure that with time that I will get better at this connection through, you know, virtual connection, whatever you want to call it, with the masses. But it is something that I realize it's a lot easier to connect with somebody, especially in person. Like You know, I was selling cars that nobody really needs. Right. Nobody really needs a Bentley or a Lamborghini. Um, and But I did really well at it because I was passionate. I loved what I did. I wasn't pretending. It wasn't a means to an end. I didn't care about how much money I was making on each sale or each person that came in. I was just excited to connect with somebody that shared a similar interest as me, mm. right? And so... In um, politics, right, I'm, I'm working on bringing a different state of being into reality. And so that's why establishing rapport and being as authentic as possible is so important and, and letting people know I'm human, right, and so that they know, like, I've been through a lot, and I've overcome it, and I can help others do it in a larger scale. Um you you mentioned, you know, some other things in there and, and hopefully we address them all. I, you know, there's a lot to unpack here.
0: <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, I I know sometimes I'm notorious for just like starting off a conversation with like 14 different things and I'm like, "All right, let's pick one." Um <laughs> because sometimes I just I have so much to to like I want to to talk about. It's like make oh. sure you don't forget. And like, yeah, I yes. write notes, it's but <laughs>
1: well, you just reminded me so because I want you're touching on so many important things and it's like my, there's all these neurons firing in my brain right now. So one of the things that you you inspired me to think about is, is our beliefs right Because what you're talking mm, yes. about is helping people change their beliefs or, or inspiring them to right And you can only do this voluntarily. they have to own it. And one of the things I've realized is um, our number one addiction is to our beliefs. right or wrong, mm. we will fight and kill for our beliefs this is historical this is not something new and you know and and we see that we have been wrong in the past when i say we i mean humanity the species right of human being and so and yet we still haven't learned and so the challenge with changing people's beliefs is that you do back to have to come from a place of love you have to establish rapport mm-hmm. and and You have to be gentle with people. Not everybody is ready to let go, um, especially when they have a belief that conflicts with another belief that you've given them right cognitive dissonance is a very painful experience for people and many people would rather shut you out if you come too fast than admit that they're wrong and that they've been um creating pain in their life and in the world and that they could change it and you know because i've been running into especially because of the world that i've been in the past decade i've been running into these very um I'm calling them high level because that's how the world views them, like high level spiritual teachers and sometimes reaching dead ends with them and realizing like, wow, because they don't want to admit that they're not actually living what they're selling, right? Imagine how that makes them feel. It's like they've been living all these years. They're very successful. They made all this money. They've got all this even mainstream recognition. And then for somebody like me to come along and make them realize like, huh, I'm not at actually living what I'm selling. Like that's really difficult for many people. And so gentleness and patience is important. Um, I tend to be blunt. <laughs> and so I'm learning to be gentler. Um, and like one of the things I've been doing is changing the conversation in the sense, like I'll flip the script. Like, you know, I think, I don't know if you mentioned this, but I've been seeing, I think you did, like certain people think that it's okay to harm others who don't believe what they believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I ask them, well, how would you feel if somebody was doing this to you or somebody said this to you? So if it doesn't make you feel good, if it doesn't make you feel comfortable, if you don't think it's right, if it happens to you, why is it okay if you do it to somebody else? right? And again, you have to be gentle because not everybody is ready because they are being very polarized right now. And I just try my best to come from a place of love and not to attack. But at the end of the day, you also can't control... Um, what people take offense to or not, you know, I personally have worked on myself. So there's nothing anybody can say to me that will offend me because I know who I am. Mm. And if somebody doesn't know who they are, they might take offense. So it's a it's a very tricky dance. Let's call it that. (laughs) Oh,
0: my goodness, to say the least. And one of the the hardest parts of this tricky dance is to make sure that you're towing the line between trying to market to people, but also knowing when to cut your your losses and acknowledge that, okay, then maybe this person isn't not only they're not ready, they're not going to enter into a conversation or just the opportunity to have their minds changed. And if if they're not in that mindset, then how can we expect to just force the square peg through the round hole? You know, I think that's one thing I see. Way too often is libertarians tend to go after folks that, at the end of the day, they they from their core principle beliefs do not agree with the fundamental principles of libertarianism, and that, and that's that's fine. I don't necessarily need them to. I just don't need them, you know, taking their ideas, then using government to force everybody else to live by their ideas. You know, don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. Live your life as you see fit. Yeah. The problem is is trying to take, I think, sometimes those people to make their worldview framed in a way that will so reflect exactly how we want to approach the world. I think part of our challenge is that not we need to get everybody to be on our side, but to at the very least understand the value of the principles that we're talking and that is yes not hurting people not taking their stuff respecting property rights and that requires you to respect the rights of that individual and and i think that goes to the point you're talking about is when you bring it down to that very personal level right if you can take all these very large macro issues and get them all to come down to this one-on-one this is me and you having a conversation now it's not you know, a conversation about gun control, or it's not a conversation about health care. It's a conversation between two people who hopefully are entering this into good faith and having a civil discourse to actually learn the other person's perspective, but also to learn how they got to where they are. And I think, let's kind of discuss this, Serene, because I'd love to hear, because you you do this a lot with, with talking to people, again, through the empathetic approach, to understand their life experiences, how they shape their worldview. How do you start to have those conversations and really, you know, dig deep? And obviously this is part of sales, right? Trying to do some discovery. How do you dig deep to make sure that you're really figuring out that they get, that you figure out how they got to where they are?
1: Mm. Uh, ask questions, <laughs> you know, it. um, it's funny because I was on um, this show a few weeks ago. It was called like Real Raw Roleplay Unblinded. And I had to establish rapport with somebody I didn't know in two, three minutes segments and it was a great challenge for me to really practice what i preach and i was very successful and i realized i didn't just influence him i influenced the whole panel of judges the host and even even my opponent i was on a show that she hosts like a week later um and but what i realized is you know and this is what i did is i just i got to know him and i found common ground i really got to listen about his journey and i thought about okay how can i relate you know, what I believe to where he's at, to give him a different possibility of how we can address challenges in the world. You know, and he gave me feedback, because that was part of how it was, um, was, I was basically scored. And his feedback was that he felt like I had created a safe space for him even though we were on camera, we were live, we just met, he was vulnerable with me. And that's been you know, one of my gifts throughout my lifetime is people have told me I'm very disarming, but I do it because I genuinely care. It's because you can't fake love. And that's why I tell you, mm, you yes. have to truly find something to love in other people, no matter how much they might frustrate you, because subconsciously they can always feel that your vibration, your frequency, where you're coming from. If you're trying to force your will on somebody, it's not going to work. You know, if you think that they're a horrible person, if you can't find something to love in them, they're not going to come around to you. Um, And, and, you know, it's, it's work. It's not easy what I'm telling you to do. I realize that, but it is worth the work because in the end, this is essentially how we're going to be able to live more in harmony and not be so polarized. I mean, my work is focused on bringing people towards the middle to be more, live more balanced, to not be so extreme. Because swinging from one end of the pendulum to the other, it's not working for us. That's how we got to where we are today. And we really need to be more centered, grounded, balanced beings.
0: So Reed, how right now when you're going about trying to help uh, you know, get this mentality into people's, not only into their purview, but actually to start to implementing it into their life, What's the, the, the means that you're actually giving them to start to have some concrete steps to accomplish these goals? Um, so like do you have like a, a, a you know say a ten step program, but or, or do you have something like along those lines that you're presenting to people to kind of help them if they have more questions?
1: <sighs> Not formally. <laughs> and I think it's different for everybody, but it really starts with awareness. Um, There's a philosophy of life I've been studying for about a decade now called concept therapy. And what that means is concepts are basically fixed ideas in your subconscious mind. That's what we operate from. And therapy just means working with. And so I help people become aware of the concepts that they're operating from and to recognize, you know, which ones are holding them back, which ones are creating disease in their lives, not just their bodies and minds. Right, and to recognize that they don't have to hold on to them anymore; that they can change them. Because I've realized along this journey that we're either being self-destructive or self-loving. You know, that's the polarity, and people are somewhere on that scale, and you can't be both at the same time. You know, you are either loving yourself or you are destroying yourself, and this applies to the macro as much as it does to the micro. Mm. Um, and I think. I think that's a really good starting place because I think about, you know, like I said, I've been on this journey for the past decade. I'm still a work in progress and I always will be. And it doesn't just happen overnight, right? Because consistency to break the habit of being self-destructive to being self-loving, it takes time because you go back, you know, even if you spend a weekend with me, um, you go back into the real world and you have all this, temptation, let's call it, to be self-destructive, because that's what the media is really pushing on us. It's not like, you know, going back to teaching people how to create and maintain maintain health. We're not seeing that. We're seeing avoiding reality, avoiding life, avoiding nature, avoiding adaptation, avoiding evolution. And that's how our species perishes. It's not how we thrive or how we survive. Mm-hmm. And so yes. It's, it's, it's developing habits, it's being not just gentle with others, but gentle with yourself and recognizing like, hey, everybody's human, nobody's perfect. I've hit bottom several times and I'm very open about it because I want people to know that it is not an easy journey, but it's possible and it, again, it's very rewarding and and it, you can make an influence in all aspects of life, including politics, if you you know follow this you know, more self-disciplined, self-loving path.
0: And you touched on something, Serene, that I actually, it made me kind of chuckle a little bit because it speaks to the ideas of, you know, libertarianism being that, you know, we, we, yes, we embrace non-aggression and property rights because we do value the idea of bettering the individual at the end of the day. And I see a lot of friends on the left and they, I think they would echo those sentiments, right? But, They take the word love, I think, and apply it in a different way than we libertarians would. Because we say love, because love requires you sometimes to face some hard truths, right? Like, if you are morbidly obese, now I say that as somebody who was morbidly obese. I weighed 385 pounds back in the day. I was a big, big boy, and I had to love myself not to say... Brian, you're beautiful. You're the best version of yourself regardless of what people think of you. No, that doesn't work because I was quite literally killing myself, right? So what yeah. I had to do was I had to say, Brian, no, you love yourself and because of that, you're going to lose weight. And I it, it required me to yes, take that personal responsibility, but it does come back yes to your point, Serene. Love. And Sometimes the ideas of love get confused with just this blind acceptance versus like a tough love, being told a difficult truth. And and that sometimes goes to why I think a lot of libertarians get confused with libertine is because we've sometimes melded that kind of middle ground between this living, this don't hurt people, don't take people's stuff lifestyle with a free-for-all mentality, which is absolutely not the case because quite the opposite will be a result of a free-for-all mentality. And I would love to hear your perspective on this because in my personal view, I would say this complete libertine perspective actually is the opposite of loving yourself. It's showing a complete disregard to yourself on the micro level which would then show kind of a disregard to society i would say on a macro level because if you can't even hold yourself to that standard that you would want the, the whole society to hold themselves to then what you know what moral uh, you know abilities do you have or moral position do you have to then try to decree that on your fellow citizens thoughts
1: yeah. First of all, I really appreciate your candor I'm talking about obesity because many people are uncomfortable about that. And I'm really glad to hear that you decided to invest in yourself and to get, you know, healthier because I imagine that your your quality of life has improved significantly. Night and day. You probably you probably feel better, you're probably more productive, you probably have more positive experiences in your life. Um and a lot of people don't understand that, you know. I want to live as long as possible in this body, but I also want to enjoy living in this body. Yeah. You know, so I, I choose to make healthier decisions, even though it might be easier to not make healthy decisions because, again, it's what we see it around us a lot. And so um, I, I think that that's so important for people to recognize that, you know, when you do choose to be disciplined and to love yourself, your whole quality of life improves. And I imagine that it's gotten much easier for you to make better choices now that Mm -hmm. you are where you are because you got the habit
0: down Habits—it's huge. Um, people don't realize that habits aren't necessarily a, a bad thing. Ha- good habits. I mean, when you wake up every morning, you brush your teeth. It's not something that you you do because you have to consciously think about it. It's because you you brush your teeth in the morning. That's just what you do. And that's I think once people get that into the mentality of of not only the habit of doing healthy activities, but also the habit of of treating yourself, treating others. in a a conscious manner, the way you'd want to be treated, right? And acknowledging those those positive affirmations throughout the day. I think once you're able to start building up, you know, these, these positive habits, it really does help set a framework for living a positive, healthy lifestyle. And yes, to your point, Serene, once you're able to make yourself the best version of yourself, then it opens the door for you to go above and beyond where really the confines of your original state were really limiting. I mean, candidly, when you're 385 pounds, it's a little, you know, difficult to, to get around easy, but, you know, dropping that weight, it, it gives you the chance to to do things otherwise, you know, you really wouldn't have the chance to do. Um. So, to that point, yes, it, it really does give you a chance to better yourself, but again, being able to better your community, I think that also wow. has given me, a, you know, something, because now I get the chance to do, you know, for example, here, if, if you're, in a situation like I was where maybe you're very self-conscious and you're like, hey, I don't want to be on the face of a podcast or a video, uh, you know, YouTube channel. But like you have it, whatever it may be, but like your self-consciousness is keeping you from, from going out and and you're presenting yourself and giving your talents to the world. Now you're actually like in a roundabout way, you're kind of hurting society because now you're not letting yourself bring your value as a person to the market and that I think is so sad because you should, you should absolutely feel not only that you have the ability to, but you should feel empowered to go out of your way and do those kind of things. I would love to see, I mean, maybe not everybody have a podcast, but like I would love to see more people going out and trying to voice their opinions because it means that they're starting to think about this stuff. I would hope. Um, and, and that showed me, maybe you're trying to better yourself. You're trying to, to, you know, Get yourself out there and, and make yourself vulnerable. Because I mean what we're doing right now, it is very vulnerable. You say one thing that's that's messed up and, and you're gonna have somebody take that audio clip and those are gonna blast it out over the interwebs. Context be damned. And and it's like, yeah, that that happens. We see it all the time, you know?
1: Yes. Unless you're RGB, then you know, Facebook and Instagram will tell you that your post was out of context. Uh, yes. um, you've you've um your story is very inspiring and I'm grateful that you share it. And it's kind of reminding me of something that I wrote a few days ago about um my journey. And I'm just going to share it here because I think yes, it's please. important. And it's, you know, I basically wrote about how I used to pretend to be somebody that I'm not, you know, I actually am. I had rhinoplasty, I think when I was 30 some time around then, because um, when I was a little kid, I made fun of for my nose. And even though I had modeled and, You know, people told me I was beautiful for years as an adult. I still heard other things. And I didn't know who I was back then. And so I conformed. I just wanted everybody else to love me, but I didn't love myself. And my journey has gone from that to fully accepting who I am and all my imperfections and recognizing, like, that's what makes me truly beautiful is is loving myself and owning that. And that's what makes everybody, you know, and when I say beautiful – I don't just mean like physically but that's what makes us magnetic to others mm. right yes. when, when you attract when you are attractive you attract and we attract from the inside out back to how we communicate it's all happening at a subconscious level you know we always know the truth and when you are your most true self you attract people to you and this is the easiest way to sell anything And that's why authenticity is such a big part of, you know, what I share with people. That's where our power comes from. And when we, you know, I don't, I don't know why, but like, you know, many, what your story is, but many people that, you know, don't take care of their bodies. Do it because they don't believe they're good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't believe they're worthy. And that was why, you know, I went, I don't know, I spent seven or ten grand getting rhinoplasty because I didn't think that I was good enough. I wanted more people to to love me, but nobody loved me because I didn't love me. Right. And even though like, yeah, I was doing good in sales, but I wasn't thinking about, you know, I was there I was so in the moment, right? Back to, you know, selling cars. That was before I had surgery. Um it, that that didn't matter because again we were communicating subconscious to subconscious but i was too naive and too insecure to understand it back then. It's only now that I'm here on the other side. It's like, oh, you know, it's like, I'm so silly. I was doing all these things right. And I didn't even recognize it back then. Like my form didn't really matter. And I was, you know, the world was accepting me that way. So it's just, it's funny how we believe things about ourselves that aren't true and how that limits us in life. And, and, you know, but when we're doing what we love and we're our most authentic selves, we flourish.
0: Yeah. Well, sometimes our biggest, um, our biggest competitor in life is ourselves i think we sometimes put ourselves in positions to almost uh almost foil our our you know best laid out plans because we almost don't want to move forward in life because often when you're moving forward in life it requires you to take chances to take risks and get uncomfortable and i think there's a natural kind of human instinctual response to not want to take those risks to kind of embrace the status quo. And this is why people get so frustrated with me when I always bring everything back to sales. But I mean, my goodness, one of my my expressions I love to use with my sales team is our biggest competitor is the status quo. Because if we're constantly competing with everybody who are just accepting things as they are, then of course, things are never going to advance. So it's constantly on us to not only be trying to push people to experience things in a different way but to envision that different future so you know i preach bringing you know good people together because what we see not only with my sales team but the company i work for but we are seeing this what we're doing here at the brian Nichols show and the guests that we bring on good people bring out the good in people and this is something i think it needs to be Shouted from the rooftops, because if we can start to raise up the voices of good people and try to have good intentioned, good faith conversations, I think, objectively speaking, because I do believe in objective truths, we would have a much more cohesive, respectful, and understanding society who, despite, yes, having very fundamental differences of opinions, would still be able to live with each other side by side. I saw a meme, Serena. It was actually, it was was point perfect. It said, um, part of the problem with where we are as a society today is that we were taught growing up that we shouldn't talk about religion. We shouldn't talk about politics because those were the things that were uncomfortable because they're different. But that's actually the opposite. I think, of what we should have done. We should have been encouraging people to talk about our differences so we can learn from each other instead of saying, oh, those are the different people and not talking to them.
1: Well, there's so much that you just inspired in me. Um, I've been kind of noticing that I attract a lot of outliers and I'm starting to wonder if we're actually the norm. Um, (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, but, you know, what you were just saying about... um, or You made me think of courage and like, and how that contagious that is and how much courage it takes to be your most authentic self. And that's what we're really talking about here. And, you know, when one person is courageous then another person is courageous and then another, and that's good when you're authentic. And like part of my journey, um, cause I, I played small for a long time, even though I wanted people to love me and I did a lot for others. I was, um, because i had um, imposter syndrome i didn't like attention you know it was a very it, it was a talk about an interesting dance it was very interesting it's like oh i i wanted to feel loved but i didn't want attention because there were many people that were threatened by me when i did succeed in life so back to courage again you know it takes courage to be your most authentic self to not let others who aren't willing to do the work that aren't being aren't willing to be courageous you know don't let them hold you back And Because you'll actually eventually inspire them. uh, Or at least that's what I want to believe. And I have seen it happen in a lot of people is that, you know, especially with me running for president, there are so many people that have reached out to me um, that I've known for a long time that I'm just getting to know that are telling me how inspired I am by them and what they're doing in their lives because of me putting myself out there, and so um, courage. I believe it—it's more viral than you know COVID. It, you know, if, if all of us have the courage to be our most authentic selves and not caring what people expect us to be, you know, um, that we will thrive. And um, you said something at the very beginning about I think how we have more in common than we have different, and having these conversations about religion and politics and so forth. Help us understand that, you know, part of my past 10 years has been also studying theology and um, especially the six major religions and recognizing like how they all borrow from each other. It's just a different version as a new you know major religion comes out and so recognizing like what are these universal truths because it's the same ones time and time again humans are humans wherever you go and finding that common ground makes it a lot easier to love other humans as well well and and to establish rapport (laughs) and then we can sell to them
0: (laughs) yes well and that's and again at the end of the day Everything in life does come down to sales because you are either you are selling yourself as a person for the services you can perform or the, the goods you can produce. You're selling an idea. You're selling a, you know a religion. I mean, think about the things that we sell in life I and mean, we're selling ideas here you know, on the Brian Nichols show, we're selling Liberty on the Brian Nichols show every single episode. And that's something that I think people are starting to wake up more to in, especially when you're going to this kind of, um, it's really going to this really consumer focused economy where you're having specific problems in a marketplace that people are becoming very highly focused and skilled in addressing and kind of in this consultant type of role, which I, I, I thrive and I love the consultant type of role because it really lets us play the role of problem solvers. And, I mean, what better role for libertarians in 2020... Than to play problem solvers, I beg all my libertarian podcasters and libertarian politicians, please reach out to me. I would love to speak to you one on one on how to sell liberty. Because if we can make every single one of our podcasters, every single one of our politicians or elected officials, these these uh, folks who can go out there and not only sell liberty, but they can exemplify the ideas, the the, the and and really show that our ideas will solve the problems in their respective communities, be it their, their their audiences, their their electorate, that we can solve those problems. And then we become the trusted consultant. We become the trusted advisor. And Serene, I know you know this statistic. It is so much easier to keep an existing company, uh, customer. I think it's 96% or so. It, it is more likely of you to keep an existing customer than it is to go out and try to find a new one. And, like, that's something that we need to start doing is getting these folks, keeping them for the long term, building that value, solving their problems, and, and again, solving the problem because we're not going to say our, our solutions are one size fit all. Our solutions are very, very specific, and they really come down to two specific things. Don't hurt people and don't take people's stuff. If we can start out with these two, you know, pills, you know, to start out as the the, the prescription. We're going to be in a better solution uh, going forward, in a better situation, especially going forward. And I, at this point, unfortunately, Serene, we do have to start wrapping up. But I think I want to give the the platform here for you, as you know, you are running for president still, and I and I think that's something I don't want to to, to you know kind of gloss over. You you didn't win the nomination, that's fine. But I know during your entire process, there are folks out there who they reached out to me and they said, "Have you had Serene Erdoganu on yet?" And I said, I'm, I'm going to, don't worry. Like she's on my list because we had, had you booked there for a couple of months. And that spoke to me because there's people who felt passionate enough about your candidacy to reach out to me specifically asking to have you on. So there's a reason you're still running. There's a reason people still are passionate about your candidacy. So with that being said, Give your pitch, not only to the Brian Nichols Show audience, but to, to folks out there, especially right now, who are facing such uncertainty in who they're going to vote for, why Serene Artlianu 2020 should earn their vote?
1: Well, what I've realized is that it seems that right now, if one of the mainstream parties wins, that it's not going to be a peaceful... um, transition even if it's the same person yep um and that you know both sides are creating division are creating fear and are manipulating people and there's a lot of hostility and you know they what we need right now is somebody who is good at working with people on all sides somebody who is is good at helping people be reasonable, at helping people feel relaxed so that they can reason, at helping people have a bigger, longer-term perspective of reality as it is. And I believe that I am the most qualified to do that. And so I feel that if I am president, that... It would be a very peaceful transition because it would mean that people have woken up and recognized that picking sides doesn't work, that we need somebody that works with people on all sides, that is able to find the good in all people and on all sides, and to make it better. And that's really what I believe that I bring to politics and to this election, is is harmony?
0: Harmony is something we absolutely need, and to uh, to kind of do a full circle here, you can't fake love. Um, which I think that's easily going to be the title of the episode because it's so true. You've got to enter these conversations genuine. You have to enter enter it in good faith, and and you have to yes, really aim to try to end goal the very least, even if you don't agree and in some type of harmony. Serene Artelianu, running for President of the United States, and a, as always, a fantastic conversation here on The Brian Nickel Show. Thanks for joining. Of course. Thank you for having me, Brian. A quick read from our new sponsor, and that is the Expat Money Show. Now, if you are a longtime listener or even a relatively new listener here on The Brian Nichols Show, then you remember our good friend, Mikkel Thorup from The Expat Money Show. What an episode to learn that just because you were born in one country doesn't mean that you have to pay your taxes there forever to do your banking there, or to have your investments there, raise your family there, or even have your companies register there, learn there, get your kids educated there, or even live your life there. How about that? You can go ahead and live your life wherever it is you see fit, because the Expat Money Show, which is hosted by our friend Mikhail Thorup, originally started as a podcast but has grown to a worldwide community of entrepreneurs who are living international location, independent lifestyles. Mikel is focused on helping you live an international life by looking at problems through the lens of global solutions. In this day and age, there is no reason you should let borders get in the way of having the best the world has to offer. So, Brian Nichols Show audience, head over to the Expat Money Show today. Give Mikel a subscribe, a fantastic show, and tell him that Brian Nichols sent you. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Serene Arlianu, independent running for the President of the United States to be our Healer-in-Chief. And yes, you can't fake love. You have to show empathy. You have to meet people where they're at. And that means talking to people and learning what got them to where they are. It's just like we do here in the Brian Nichols Show. Sell liberty. And how do you sell liberty? By getting inside people's heads, meeting them where they're at you gotta figure out where they're at by figuring out how they got there. So, uh, if you guys enjoy today's show because it is a great lesson on uh, you know sales really is a, a means of talking to the person versus trying to sell the product or the service, then do me a favor: share with some family and friends out there who need to hear this message of how to help sell some liberty on a person-to-person basis. But do me a favor: make sure you tag me wherever it is you share it at B Nichols Liberty, and you can tag me on Facebook, Twitter. Minds.com. And yes, over on Parlor, I am getting super active Or over on Parlor. Um, guys, it's only a matter of time. Libertarian, uh, conservative, right leaning media it is being targeted left and right, regardless of its Twitter or if its Facebook. It's happening right so it's on us to make sure that we are uh, you know supporting organizations who are supporting free speech supporting the open dissemination of ideas and my good friend Remzo Martinez on the run with Remzo Martinez a great program here on the we are libertarians Network he is uh, one of the, the leading voices over on parlor working over there um, trying to get some more engaging uh, engagement over on the platform but also some new um, subscribers and uh, and with that I reached out to Remzo I said hey I know the time's coming let's uh, you know get get a, a Brian Nichols, B Nichols Liberty Parlor account going, so we did, and uh, now uh, I know it's a matter of time before one of the two is going to be gone, either the Twitter or the Facebook. So, just make sure you don't miss out if you want to stay up to date what's happening here on the Brian Nichols Show at B. On Uh And then, also, guys, we're still doing the uh, the five-star rating and review. Uh, if you go ahead and do that, you will be entered into a sweepstakes here to win an awesome uh, surprise gift from ebles.com, our awesome sponsor here on The Brian Nichols Show. And also... Thank you to our new sponsor, Mikhail Thorup, over at the Expat Money Show. Make sure you go ahead and uh, give him a subscribe. Awesome show and an awesome guest here. Uh, we had him on the show back, what, two months ago or so? So make sure you go ahead and check that episode out. And with that, coming up here on Wednesday, yes, Mark Walzik, Assemblyman from the 116th River District in New York State, my home, neck of the woods, returns to the Brian Nichols show. If you remember correctly, back in 2018, Mark was running uh, to unseat, at the time, a 10-year incumbent Democratic Assemblywoman, and Addie Jenny Russell, which he did so successfully. So now Mark is uh, returning to the show, he is running for re-election, but not so much focusing on his candidacy, but more so on some, uh, some specific legilat- uh, legislation that's taking place in New York State, one, number one, of uh, some... Uh, approach to get some more say in terms of the democratic <laughs> process in New York State. Right now, it's a very archaic, uh, bicameral legislature that they have in place, where really, if you're not in New York City, you're not represented. So, uh, Mark is actually helping support some legislation with Senator Joe Griffo to give each individual county one state um, one state senator, which would really change the dynamic in New York State. It would require New York City interests and big city interests in general to respect those of uh, the, the rural, um, the rural counties. Which I mean, kind of goes to the electoral college system we have in place. So, if you're interested in that, um, you know, make sure you tune to the episode. But also uh, in New York State, if you are a third party uh, member, oh man, what an episode to listen to! New York State just uh, snuck in with their their budget, uh, a hundred and sixteen thousand vote threshold for all. I think it was 116 to and. 116 60, uh, uh thousand vote threshold for all third party candidates in 2020 in order to be on the ballot as a, uh, a party going into the next election. Huge, huge issue as it comes to ballot access. So if you want to learn more about that, sign up, subscribe to the Brian Nichols show on whatever podcast catcher it is you have. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on the Brian Nichols show for Serene Artiglianu. We'll see you Wednesday. Thanks for listening to the Brian Nichols show find more episodes at Brian